Hello everybody, this is a special track here for Symposium, our first interview ever. We are lucky enough to have Brian Quimby of Street Fight Radio, the anarcho-communist, anarcho, how do yeah, you describe it? Yeah, I Anarcho-comedy? guess. It's a, it's a, I, you know what Brett describes it as all that stuff? I would describe it as, uh, it's just a podcast. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's a comedy show. I mean, <laughs> you know, we... There are there are serious moments, I think, but I it, like at its core, it's really just like an entertainment. Type. We want it to be just like an entertaining show for people to li- uh, like uh, enjoy, you know. And I, you know, obviously, like a lot of people get a lot more out of it than that, you know. But uh, it is very. Oh, I, I <laughs> yeah, it, do, it's for like sure. for for me and Brett, it is really. Uh, you know, it's our job and, and like, uh, it's something we love to do. And, uh, I, you know, it, it just, it grew and turned into a thing. And, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad people get a lot out of it. Cause I get a lot out of doing it. It's fun. It's fun to be able to talk about your shit, you know? Definitely. Well, and you guys more than most of the other podcasts I listen to, I would say make it very personal not not in the sort of like biting way, but y- y'all talk about raising your kids and whatnot. Like that's, I mean, it seems like that's the source of a lot of just what you talk about is what just what's it, going it on in your life. It, it is. I mean, my uh, I I think like the thing about Street Fight is is like it started out as this sort of idea of um, it started out as sort of this idea of maybe um, it's hard to explain. Like, so it started out as the idea that you would be getting sort of a street level view of how kind of politics and stuff affect your life. Like what it's like to work a job, what it's like to, you know, what, what life is really like. Cause I'd never heard it on the radio. And I was a guy, I just listened to a ton of radio growing up. I listened to a lot of podcasts. So like, that was the idea behind it. And then it became our job and it became very hard to sort of speak with any kind of authority about what it's like to work. So now we take calls and talk to people about taking calls. And then, you know, we talk about our lives. Uh, I, I, I like am a strong believer that like, you know, a, a, a good radical thing you can do is to let people know they're not alone. And uh, that that's what I that's why I think we do a lot of the talk about, you know, a lot of a lot of the more personal stuff on the show is is just because like a lot of people feel. I don't know, like a lot of people have feelings where they, they, they uh, don't belong or that they're wrong or that they're not really a, a good adult. It's like a main, a major theme, you know, and, and we want to tell people that nobody is. Definitely, definitely. I mean, whenever you tell stories about just, just some off the top of my head, you know, not normally being a LaCroix guy, but you see him four for 12 bucks and all of a sudden yeah. you become a LaCroix guy, you know, just... Just or but then it's more so the the workplace stuff, you know, when you're talking about working at the cable shop and you know your boss does something that's super fucked up. Yeah, yeah, you get mad, and that that's something you that's something you don't hear people talk about a lot. It's okay to get mad at stuff that happens at work, right? And it's also like it is just like uh, I I don't know what happened in, in in the past where it came. There was guys like Studs Turkel and stuff that were doing these things, but like a lot of the you know, especially with the radio we're covering in Shocktober was, and even like conservative radio, like all that stuff was supposed to be the voice of like 
the working person and it never sounded like I like my life was never like that. My life wasn't like King of Queens or like everybody loves Raymond or like Howard Stern or something like that. Like my life was very different and I wanted to sort of once I got into doing stand up comedy, I kind of wanted to accurately portray what my life was like. And at the time it was pretty dim, you know, pretty dim prospects. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's get into that. So, starting here on Monday, September thirtieth, you have a series coming on the Street Fight Patreon. That the poster is Shocktober: A Deep Dive into Shock Jocks, which you are doing with Felix Biederman. I assume yeah, that's uh, Chapo Felix Trap from Chapo. Uh, he's by your logic on Twitter, and yeah, me and him are uh, doing a deep dive into five different shock jocks and, and the culture around them. And really, uh, the show has ended up, me and Felix have known each other since like 2012. And, uh, right. They got their start on your show, right? Or the first time that Matt will and Felix were ever together right. was and, on your show. And I've Chris. done a ton of shows with Felix and, and right before Chapo was going to launch, you know, we had talked for a long time about doing something together, but like, just, it never lined up. It, it was sort of like, uh, Street fights, like once Chapo took off, they were very busy. And then obviously once Chapo took off, street fight took off, I was very busy. And there just wasn't like a time where me and Felix could actually do a thing together. And uh, it just kind of all aligned. Like six months ago, me and him were kind of talking on Twitter about uh, shock jocks because it was something uh, we were both sort of fascinated with. And, uh, you know, it was people in our mentions actually that were jumping into the conversation that were like, you guys should like do a podcast about this. And, uh, I was kind of like, no, because it's going to take a lot of time and money and, and stuff like, cause like when you start doing these things that, that are, you know, two hour podcasts where, you know, I got to spend my whole day listening to radio and, and, and learning about these guys and doing research on these guys. And then I have to get guests on the show and we have to get people to make theme music and we have to like, it just turns into like a whole thing that ends up costing money. And honestly, like I get paid to podcast, you know? So I was like, I'm not going to work for free. And then, uh, I don't know. It was like two or three months later, I started thinking like, I'm, I really want to do new things like I want to do something that's more involved and I want to do something weird and that idea popped back in my head and I was just like hey man do you want to like talk about shock jocks you want to do like a little shock jock show I'll, I'll, I'll kind of put it together have our production guys put it together and we'll get a bunch of guests and he was like super into it he's he's been very excited about it he, he got a whole new recording setup for it so uh it's been very fun working with Felix we're, we're you know friends for a very long time and he's he's like the sweetest guy so in uh, in comparing in comparing this to the weekly shows you do, would you say this is more of a uh, designed product? Like I guess more similar to like a docu series you might see on Netflix. I mean it's it's an audio medium, but like it, is it a limited product? Like very designed. Not, well, it's set, set up? up to be six six episodes. It's only going to be six episodes, and uh, there's a rule on Street Fight. It's not like a hard rule, but you know I don't like audio i don't like to play audio clips on street fight it's like uh uh like the i liked the show when it started because the show when it started like was pretty diy we didn't have soundboards uh we didn't play clips and we kind of just read and read the news and talked about whatever was going on and uh i'm not super into that and uh this show basically what i did was from uh, from like march 
until now I've been listening to the five shock jocks that I picked and I just constantly listen to them. And then I, I, I sort of get timestamps on their YouTube videos of when they said things that we can talk about. And then we kind of just, we talk about their history. They talk, we talk about our history. Uh, I think the show at first, I wanted it to have the audio documentary kind of feel, but after the first episode, I was like, I like, I think this is special. I, I like, I, 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 uh, I'm probably better at the free flowing conversation. And, uh, I think leaving it all together, it's a, I think it's a special show. And I think, I think, um, especially the, like the Opie and Anthony episode, uh, you get to hear a lot of stuff that people have never heard just because Opie and Anthony were very uh, uh, insecure guys, uh, had a really fucked up relationship, and uh, they were partners for 20 years, and they, they didn't really like each other. And uh, you get to hear me and Felix actually talk about what it's like to work with partners and with other people and, and our neuroses about success and, and things like that. And uh, that's when I decided, I was like, I don't want to cut this up. I, just, I, I like want to put it out basically live to tape, you know, and uh, that's what we're doing. I think we're just going to because because like then the next two came out and they were both like great. You know, it was Tom Likas with me and Brett and uh, Felix. And uh, that show was great. And then I just did Bubba the Love Sponge with Felix and Geiger from Report This Post. And I, I just think the shows are so good. I, I, I would hate to cut them up. I hate I hate stopping conversations when they're happening on a podcast. I, I think like it's like sort of a pet peeve of mine. Like I hate, like, let's go to break. Let's do this. Let's do, you know, let's move on. Let's let, let's like cut this. It's like a thing that I, I can't stand. So, uh, I decided not to do sort of the audio documentary thing. Also, I'd like, I just don't have the skills to do that. And, uh, I don't want to put that on somebody else, you know? Yeah, well, it's, it sounds really exciting and I'm, it's, it's cool. It sounds like you dive a lot into the, uh, the context of where these guys were coming from. Like, like, I mean, just they were being shock jocks, but what was going on in their lives around that and maybe how that fed into what I think they were the, doing? I think the interesting stuff is really, like, what I think was going on in their – like, our, our – we spend a lot of time trying to, like, sort of guess what was going on in their brains, you know? And, like, uh, by, by, relay, by, by filtering that through, like, kind of what – what's going what was going on in Felix's brain when Chapo like took off because that thing took off it's fucking huge and he talks about like you know uh feeling you know feelings towards the fans and like uh how you have a tank that'll never be filled up and it's which is that's how I feel too like I've, I've talked about this a lot recently on the show is that like I sort of have a thing where, like, uh, I, I will never feel enough respect. Like, I, I don't think people – I don't know. I, I like, uh, I have a hard time dealing with the success of the show. And uh, I spend time trying to think of, like, how it happened and stuff. And uh, if I deserve it and shit. And, like, uh, I think a lot of these shock jocks uh, – behind the scenes we're we're like having like really conflicted feelings and like having to do things that maybe they didn't want to and or and they were just like ugly dudes with like really bad fucking attitudes you know (laughs) like i i think like the what i I, one of the things i think tore them apart like like that hurt the whole genre the reason it's gone 
is because they all hated each other and none of them got along and they weren't friends and they didn't work with each other where like this new ecosystem that I exist in like I don't have enemies that are podcasters I don't want to start fights with people I want to be friends with the maximum amount of people I can and I want to treat everybody nice and with respect and I want to help lift people up and have other people lift me up you know but those guys were constantly about like taking down the other guy, you know, like whoever they were up against. It was like, I have to destroy them. It's seek and destroy. You know, I, I got to make sure I, I, I got to make sure I take them down. And it was like a really competitive environment. And, and like, I think it killed the genre. I think it killed that. Like, there's no scene developed when you're alone. And that's something I've learned with Street Fight was like when it was just me and Brett. Wasn't a lot of people paying any attention, but then when Chapo happened, more people started paying attention. When when struggle session happened, a lot of more people started paying attention, and and Trillbillies, and just like the more these shows pop up, the more it becomes sort of a genre of podcast or or radio, or whatever this is. The the more it comes up, the more it becomes like a scene, and the more it becomes a scene, the more people it helps, and it just the whole thing. I, I think like the whole thing could get bigger. It doesn't just have to be me that gets bigger, I guess. And it, it seems to be working, you know. Um, one of the things I find really interesting that you just said was about how these, these are a bunch of ugly dudes that were trying to tear each other down. Now, uh, me and the rest of the guys here, we're all from Oklahoma City, and we actually didn't get to... We basically did not get the shock jock wave as it was happening, like back in, what, the early 90s when the whole thing started up. None of us had ever heard of any of these people until Howard Stern got his TV show on the right. network. I didn't hear about him. Yeah, I didn't get into... I didn't listen to any of this stuff until uh, Miss America came out, Howard Stern's second book. Uh, I saw it at the library and I don't know why I even picked it up. Like I didn't have like some interest in radio or anything like that. And I had no idea who the guy was, but I read the book and I was like, God, this is fucking crazy. What this guy's right. Cause I never heard anything. I'd never read anything like it. And then he came to Columbus six months later. And uh, I listened to Howard Stern for 10 years, like, every day like I woke up at six in the morning and turned it on and just laid in bed and listened to it until it was over and then I moved on to Opie and Anthony I didn't listen to a lot of the other guys though like the, the three of the guys we're talking about are guys that I had heard of I've now listened to a ton of them and I know them inside and out but the Opie and Anthony Howard Stern were the two guys were the two shows that I like really was familiar with Right, those are the ones we're gonna get to hear the uh, the experiential yeah, memories yeah. about. Like, oh, I remember the first time I yeah, heard that yeah, bit. Yeah, like that. and and like, but but like, I think like those shows are also very good. Like, I I think those the Opie and Anthony show is very good because of that, because of us knowing it. And we're gonna have Jack Allison on for Howard Stern, and he still listens to Howard Stern, and. Um, I think that's going to be really good. But even the shows in the middle, the Tom Likas, the Bubba the Love Sponge, and the Man Cow Show, which are people I was not overly familiar with, uh, they're interesting guys. They did a lot of weird shit, and and like uh, it's it it's they're still interesting to me. And you get that's those are the shows you get more of a historical perspective on. You get like an idea of what was happening around them. And uh, how they developed and what they turned into and, and the phases they went through. But, like, for the ones that I was there for, you, you like, get 
to feel what it felt like to be a fan. That's kind of the the point of the whole thing. It was it, we really wanted to talk about uh we really wanted to talk about how that that type of radio influenced us. And you know, we didn't end up being shock jocks, but uh you know, Opie and Anthony was like an enormous inspiration on me. They they were like the guys that made me think that I could do it, you know. <laughs> so, it's important it, it it was just sort of like you listen to it and you're like, "Okay, I, I think we both said this on the Opie and Anthony episode is like when you listen to that show, you're you're sort of like, you know what? I think I could do this. This is this doesn't sound like radio. This sounds like just guys talking. Uh, I think I can handle this. I think I can do this and be funny. And that's what kind of got me in in to decide I wanted to do radio. Yeah. Well, I wanted to do radio and I basically wanted to copy off of them. And then, you know, you get. You get older and your politics change and uh, everything changes and you become something different. You know, I, ne- I never really was into like one of the big staples of shock jocks that I hate. Like uh, I hated I'll spoil a little piece of the uh, Shocktober is I hated the sex stuff and I hated the uh, uh, stunts and uh, I-, I hated when they had MMA fighters in. Those are the three things that uh, the hosts of Shocktober said were the worst things. And like, I always just hated the sex stuff so much. So like, I basically don't have anything like that on my show and I don't have anything like uh, I, I would never have a, a fighter on my show and say, I'll bet you could kick my ass because that's like all they ever did. <laughs> so <laughs> like and I don't do stunts. So like, uh, I you know, cu- cutting all that stuff. If, if you cut those three things out and you cut the racism and shit out, you do have street fighting Chapo. That's all it is. It's just people having a conversation and trying to be funny, you know? Like I said, most of what I know of the Shock Jocks is Howard Surf TV show, and every other episode was just doing something. Right, stupid he only put star. naked ladies on TV. <laughs> it was so weird because like his show was best when there wasn't a guest in there and they were just having a conversation. But uh, his TV show was all just guests. It was. It's one of the fundamentally weird things about. Uh, about the culture at that time was that like there was no way to give feedback really. And uh, I don't think people were able to get their voice in and be like, hey, you know, some of the best stuff on your show is just when you guys are just chatting. And he just thought, well, the best stuff on my show is when I have a porn star come on and I throw baloney at her ass or something like that. <laughs> that's that's exactly the segment yeah. I was thinking of. That's the, I mean, but that they thought that stuff was the best stuff they did. Like, it was just like a fundamental not understanding what people found engaging about them as people. You know, it it was like, uh, um, it's weird because like you think about, you think about like, uh, like the way things work now is like, I can announce a thing and I can post something about it and I can do a joke or something like that. And, uh, the first, like within minutes, somebody's going to tell me it sucks or it's good, you know, or 10 people are going to say it sucks and 10 people are going to say it's good. But back then there was just no way to do that. And they were just throwing shit out there. And then they were guessing what was good according to like ratings, which is also like the way those are. We talk a little bit about the way those are calculated and how bullshit they were. <laughs> Cause these guys were talking to millions. I mean like the, the, the conceit, through the whole, through all those years, was like guys like Howard Stern and guys like Opie and Anthony were talking to like tens of millions of people. Like that's that was the honest belief. People really thought that, you know, 
Howard Stern would talk about how he was more famous than Tom Cruise because he he talked to more people than Tom Cruise or or Brad Pitt or whatever. And uh, I think we all believed that for a very long time. And then, you know, when the satellite radio era came out or when podcasts came out, people realized that these were just shows that were on somewhere. You know, like it was like you would go to work and one of the fucking guys on the construction site would turn on Howard Stern and then everybody at the construction site, I guess, was listening, but not actively, you know, right. And like they can only measure radio. So how much, you know, how do they really know right. how many and, people and are it's listening? Like, uh, it, it is like so when you start talking about like, OK, so who was listening? Who were the fans? Really? We're probably looking at. Like the people that were actually fans of this stuff, that were hardcore, listened to every minute of these shows, knew the lore, and knew everything about it, are probably the same amount of people that listen to Chapo Trap House now. Like I, I, I can guarantee it. It's it's not that many people. It's it's not millions and millions of people. It's maybe hundreds of thousands of people. It's maybe tens of thousands of people. But it wasn't. It it like ran it. Yeah, and it ran it ran the culture. It's like Twitter, right? One percent of the people in the world are on Twitter, but it runs the it dominates the discourse in 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 the mainstream. You know, hell, the a tweet a tweet from the president gets more right. coverage than a yeah. speech. Or, you like, know, you know how many people in your personal life are like on Twitter as much as you are, or as much as I am. You know, nobody, nobody's fucking on there. <laughs> No, no, you don't start a podcast without being way too <laughs> but you online. You can yell at fucking uh, Dan Rather or some shit on there. You know, you you can like, you can just you can bully like like fucking Jake Tapper into saying something stupid, and that becomes the news. You know, <laughs> like you're you're the coolest kid at school for the day if you can get one of the uh, one of the people on the major news networks to retweet yeah. a dumb photograph. Right. One of your just you take a picture of like uh, Michael Sheen from Platoon and be like, hey, my cousin's in the army. Can you retweet this for Veterans Day? And you've just got a million likes and you yeah. feel good for five. Yeah. Seconds. Yeah. That's it's all. It is like uh, we we let like different. We let things have such an outsized sort of influence on the culture because I don't know. I think it's because we just think people are into you, you know we like we think that people are like a puzzle and that they're really into oh well, i don't know why they're into this twitter but they are you know <laughs> and then people are into i don't know why they're into howard stern but they just are and it's like maybe they're not maybe that's just because it was all that was on you know well let me uh let me ask you so howard stern still does a show does. on on satellite yep. radio i get a lot of what the shock jocks like, I guess the key thing is they were always pushing against boundaries, specifically, like, whatever the FCC had deemed to be, you know, acceptable and whatnot. Like, do you think just the emergence of the internet and just these unregulated platforms was, like, the death knell of the thing? Like, do you think that exclusively killed? Or let me let me uh, start with, what do you mean when you say the, the th- phenomenon is dead? That, you know, it's not dead. It's radio's dead. I think radio is a dead medium. And I think the type of radio they did is dead. And I think that they're guys that won't adapt to what is the thing now. You know, I think there is obviously an audience for the kind of stuff that they did, you know, or do. There's 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 people out there that 
I mean, people listen to Come Town. People listen to, uh, you know, Joe Rogan. Yeah, people listen to people listen to that stuff. That audience is out there, but those guys uh, have a lot of pride, and they 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 they, they you know they are professional broadcasters. They made it in radio in an age of gatekeepers and stuff. So they they like actually it was an achievement when they got there. There was a high cost of entry. It was very hard to get there. And uh, I don't think they want to adapt. I think they want to just keep doing radio until they die. And uh radio is not a medium anymore. And I also think that like uh they 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 uh they have an idea of what they think is funny that isn't funny anymore. People aren't into it, you know? <laughs> I don't think it's, I, I don't, I, it's not even like, I'm not saying it's because it's offensive or problematic. The show, the Shocktober is not about like talking about how it's problematic and, you know, offensive and reactionary and stuff like that. I'm just saying that like, I just don't think people, I don't think people ever really liked like naked ladies on the radio. I think the people in the studio liked naked ladies on the radio. I think Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony liked having naked ladies on the radio. I don't think anybody ever liked to listen to it. And I think that's evidenced by when podcasts came out, you don't hear podcasts with naked ladies on them. No, I mean, it was also, I guess, a sign of the times. Because if, if you, let's say, if you weren't buying porno mags in 1994, just hearing somebody on the radio say talking about a naked woman's body may have been the most titillating thing you'd heard in, like, That's probably I true, know, months, yeah. I mean, but right? I never liked it. I was I was listening to that stuff pre-porn, like, pre-internet. A lot of internet porn. I mean, I was never around when there wasn't internet porn. But, like, you know, when, when it was just pictures. I was, a, I was a teenager when it was just pictures on the internet. And, like, I never got into it at all. I just, it just was, it seemed so fucking pointless to me. I even hated celebrity interviews. I didn't even like those. I thought they were boring as hell. And it was like, you got, you're an interesting guy. Like, the people in the room are interesting. And they say the interesting stuff. And it's amazing that. They don't talk about they 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 felt so insecure. I also think a lot of these guys wanted friends, you know. This is like a there seems like a real wanting and need to have famous or influential friends from these guys that like when you listen to a lot of them it comes off as very pathetic now. You think that's different from just your ordinary radio host? Right, but these but these guys were rock and roll. Like, these guys were supposed to be above that, you know? Like, that's what shock jock radio was. It was, like, kind of like, oh, fuck you, old radio guys. You don't know what you're doing, you know? Like, they they were like, we're not your mama's radio. I'm not, like, I don't know, fucking Wolfman Jack. I'm Howard Stern. I'm, I'm man cow. I, I say it how it is. So, like, like they shouldn't have been that way i mean they they were pretty antagonistic with some guests opie and anthony were really mean to a lot of guests but like it was just you know listening to like listening to these guys like interview jimmy page is the most boring fucking thing in the world <laughs> so you uh you got a new album coming back coming out yeah you see any good boobs i mean is that basically, I mean, basically what the interviews were like, how, how are the chicks on the road dude you know, and stuff like that. It was just like, whatever. I mean, I understand why you have people on your show. You know, I, I have people on my show, too. And like, it, it is like I was just having this conversation with somebody yesterday. I was like, I, I don't even like I we were talking about a wrestling. My friend of mine has a wrestling podcast 
and uh, I was saying, you know, y'all should try to get a guest from from a promotion. And they were like, I don't even know what we do with the guest. And I was like, I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, I don't think listeners really like guests very much. But this this is all just me speculating. I don't like listeners really like guests all that much unless you like integrate them into the show. And even then, uh, I think the best case scenario for a guest is that you get their people to listen to your thing. And that's why I have people on. You know? <laughs> like, that's why that's really why I do the bonus show. It's like, I just want to talk to people I like, and I don't even know if people like it. You know, I, I hear people like the bonus content we do, but, uh, truthfully, like I would probably skip any interviews that I like, I, I skip a lot of interviews when, when people are doing podcasts, you know, unless it's somebody really interesting, I, I sort of skip it and try to, I like it when they integrate people in, but I, I just can't stand, I, I cannot stand that the Like, it's like the same thing I don't like about stand up comedy. I like hate hearing somebody set something up. Like I hate a format, you know? <laughs> You know, when you go to when you go to McDonald's, you expect McDonald's. You know, I mean, they they might give you something good, it, but if you go yeah, to McDonald's, yeah. you expect McDonald's. Yeah, I, I I like I think that's the other thing that killed that. I think podcast showing that you don't need a format was also a very important kind of thing because I think everybody thought that radio was a, a kind of magic that you do where like you got to segment it you got to do this you got to do that and then when they were just able to when when we were able to like come in and just talk for an hour and just have a conversation and see where it went uh I think people were like okay I'm like a lot more interested if I'm gonna listen to people talk I I'd, I'd rather hear it like this than like that you know segment it out and whatever they decided to do and trying to be shocking every 15 minutes to keep your quarter hours up and stuff like that. Yeah. Like tune yeah. in after the break. Well, yeah. People thing. hate commercials too. So <laughs> like that's, we just turned down like a, a ad read recently that I, uh, that like it was really hard to turn down because I, I like uh, wanted to do the read cause I thought it would be very funny, but I don't want ads on the show. So I was like, ah, damn it. You know, that sucks. Cause I would love to do a read for uh, underwear that shields your balls from five G. <laughs> I think it would fit. Yeah. Uh, so it was, let me, let me ask you this. If, if you could have come up with an angle to work it in that you felt was organic, uh, would you have done it? I want like, I really considered it. I thought it was funny. Like I really considered it. Cause I thought even, doing it in an inorganic way would be very funny. Like doing it just like Mark Marin does an ad read, I think would be really funny because it's such an absurd product, you know? But uh, in the end, I was just kind of like, you know, we talked about it for a minute and I was just like, eh. in the end, it's still just doing a commercial. And I've, I've always been kind of like, even when they make them, funny like i hate it when like they make commercials funny like where they're like let's make it funny so it's five minutes long you know <laughs> the, the whole idea of you know advertisements as entertainment is kind of yeah. gross at its core and and even if 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 you do it and even if it's actually funny you're now a right participant you're doing ads system. <laughs> right even if it's funny yeah you yeah, can you're convince doing yourself that oh no the listeners like it because i made it funny but in the end you're still doing ads and if you don't like ads then i i sort of feel like i don't like ads so i'm not gonna do them i don't want them on my show but oh god i i mean i would have probably done that one for free 
really just as the funny stuff. I, I, I would take their money, of course, but, uh, uh, you know, I don't even, I think they were just offering an affiliate program anyway, which is, that's how most of these things work. And you're not going to make any fucking money doing that. So why ruin your show with it? You know? <laughs> right. Right. Keep it, keep it, uh, Oh, well, it's a weird funded word, by but... the listener. If if the if it's funded by subscriptions, you know, it, like everything you do do is kind of worth it. You know, it, it's like worth it to do extra shows, and it's worth it to do extra things for people. Uh, commercials do nothing but take from the experience of the show. It's like you're constantly taking your your. You're taking the listener's time. You're taking their attention away from your thing. And they just, I would rather just, if they're going to pay for it, then I would rather just like talk. If I'm, yeah, just don't do it. Just don't ruin the pace of the show. There's no way to make a fucking commercial funny. There's just not one. I don't think. There's not. Like best case scenario, they'll give you $20 to sell $1,000 yeah. worth of product. Yeah, that's the other thing is like Brett, ha- Brett looked into like the Amazon stuff and shit like that and was just like, it's, it's really not worth it. Well, we got you. You've been, uh, you've been working I with have, Means TV, is that right? Kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been working with Means TV since before it was Means TV. <laughs> Oh, uh, this is something I'm. I'm a contributor. I'm very excited about it. Um, is that something yeah, you, you're you're yeah, comfortable I talking talk about, about here? Nick? I mean, I you know, uh, Brett is the one that's like he's involved in the business stuff. Like he actually is part of uh, their board, I believe. But uh, I am. I'm just like a, a talent, basically. So everything I know is is like uh, just through Brett and. Uh, just what our contribution to the thing is, you know, but I, I think it's a cool platform and uh, I, you know, I hope, I hope it does well. I hope it's successful because honestly, there's so many things I want to do that it could make happen. Like it's, I haven't seen anything like it and it's something like, I didn't know I wanted this to yeah. exist until I saw it, you know, like, have, I mean, have you ever seen anything? Like I think this? it's very cool. I, I, you know, I haven't seen a lot of the uh, I haven't seen a lot of the stuff other than than the stuff that's been released, you know, like uh, uh, the videos and I'm actually super. So I guess where I'm going with this, I'm super jealous. Oh, that was so fun. March. Yeah, we had a really good time there. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was pre means TV stuff, though. He just he was like, I just want to come. He, so the way we got we got tied up with Nick uh, back uh, we had we had been doing gigs like live shows like one every once in a while when we started to make a little money on Patreon when we could afford it we would go out and do a little live show and uh, we we got booked on this fucking carnival in Michigan and this 19 year old dude was like can I film you guys you, you mind if I come and film you guys and we're like I, yeah sure whatever I don't care and he went there and he slept in his car um, and he was like the big main thing was he wasn't annoying at all which was something that that goes very far with me and um, he didn't bother me and he was he was kind of not a pain in the ass so uh, we kind of kept in contact and then he did he went on like you know, he went on a lot of those first tour dates and that first year he was there with us. And then uh, we hadn't talked for a little bit because he was putting this thing together. And then he, he kind of launched Means TV and uh, got a hold of us and was like, hey, you know, uh, 
all that stuff I have filmed, I want to put it on there. And we're like, all right, whatever, you know, go ahead. And uh, so he he's going to put like, I know there's going to be a lot of live shows on there. There's going to be a documentary. Uh, uh, so let me let me make sure I'm understanding this. Like for about a month or two, he just kind of followed y'all's tour and recorded y'all. And you didn't know. Well, no, he'd been that, talking that about doing this? something. And he was just sort of filming. He was like documenting stuff for us. And we were talking about releasing them and shit like that. But, y- you know, it kind of just didn't get done. It's one of those things like when, when you're doing this stuff, you film a lot of stuff. And uh, these were very early tour dates. This is like not something that, you know, maybe had I looked at them, I, I, I would have to look at them before I, I said they were good, you know? So it was just kind of like he was filming stuff for us and we were kind of putting out these short videos and stuff. And uh, he was talking about it in the back of the car. But then, you know, uh, we hadn't seen him for a while and he was keeping in contact. We were still talking and stuff, but like not about business or about street fight or anything. And then he did the AOC stuff and it like took off and he was like, so I'm doing this means TV thing. And you know, we got all this footage. You want to just put it on there? And I was, yeah, sure. Why the fuck not? I don't fucking care. You know, I think some of it's even been released, you know, like I think some of it's been out at one point or another, but it's it's like uh uh it is it is like gonna be remastered and fixed and and made to look like a real thing now you know right, it'll yeah, have the it'll, watermark well, it'll, and all it'll that like jazz. be edited probably better and have like all the all the credit sequences and and there's gonna be animations and uh there's a documentary series like right when it launches I believe the documentary of the Hellfire tour it's gonna be a television series like. 30 minute episodes. I don't know how many, but he was on that tour with us and, and filmed us all fucking around. So I think it's going to be pretty cool. Like just as somebody that kind of organic, like I don't remember the first time I saw means TV, but it, it kind of came to me as, Oh yeah. The people that did the AOC videos are starting this, you know, crowdfunded, uh, Blah blah blah. So they were actually doing this before yeah, those well, AOC he was videos. Filming me and right? Brett or, and Chapo and yeah, you know, like that first year was like a really weird time where me and Brett were doing a lot of stuff with Chapo, and we were all kind of just figuring out who we were and what we did. And Nick was kind of there for the ride, you know. So this has yeah, really been yeah, years in the yeah. Making. He was there the first time we did New York. He was there both times we did New York, but. uh you know, there's a, there's a lot of footage there that he he did that I think people are going to kind of be blown away by some of this stuff. We did some really cool stuff back in that time. We're still doing very cool stuff, but uh, there were some pretty ambitious live shows that we did that that are going to be on Means TV that I think people are going to be pretty shocked. Like you know, the WrestleSplania show was incredible. And uh, nobody's ever seen it. And it's kind of a timeless thing, even though WrestleSplania is like not together anymore. But there, it was like a, just a really cool live show that we did that was sort of uh, it was like we took what we do and the kind of comedy we do and we overlaid it over sort of a wrestling angle, like the way that they put things. So the show wasn't about wrestling, but it was like uh like the jokes weren't about wrestling, but it was kind of done in the format of what a wrestling match would be in comedy and had people like Tim Faust on it and T 
from Champagne Sharks and Kath Barbadaro and Rachel Millman. And then there's like a there's like a Street Fight Chapo show where we watch Satanic Panic videos that were like around Halloween and and we did, you know, two sold out shows talking about these Satanic Panic videos and it's very cool. So it, it's like there is a lot of fucking really neat stuff that's going to come out on Means TV. And that Hellfire Tour documentary is going to be great. It just was it. The guys that were on that on that tour were so fun to be around. And we were all having like a really good time and we were all really happy. So that it worked because it seemed like an insane undertaking. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And I hope a lot of other people are. Um Anybody listening, if you can, go check out Means TV. They have a ton of content already available for free, including a yeah, lot of Yeah, we're going to start Brian. live streaming on there, too. And, and, you know, it's early. I You know, I'll just say this. we're Me and Brad are going to start doing live variety shows and flying people into Columbus and doing these big shows. And I think we're going to stream them there. So uh, I, I, I think, like, we're, we're going we're gonna to try to make some really cool stuff for them. Hopefully, because we want a lot of people to sign up. Because if a lot of people sign up, Nick can give us money to make things that we've always wanted to make, like sketch TV shows and movies and shit like that. Oh yeah, if uh, if you can give them give them money to make, if if you like what they're making, I mean, I'm pretty like if you don't like the shit, I mean, well, I still still give them your money. I think I some of the it, I mean, the man. stuff we want to do is so why like me and Brad have some ideas for like sketch stuff that I think like people would really fucking love and uh it just is gonna take money is all it's gonna take is like because we gotta hire actors and shit but like we have some very funny ideas that we're want to put on there that are like sort of on the back burner until the thing gets funded and, and it's running and then once it's running you know nick sees me and brad as like sort of and jake flores and and a few other people sarah june and uh you know, who I don't know all the people, but he sees a lot of us as like the center. Like there's going to be a, a comedy sort of area of means TV. There's going to be real entertainment comedy type stuff that is uh, leftist basically. And maybe not even overtly leftist. Maybe it'll just be like the juggalo March video, but it'll, it'll all, it's not going to be uh, regressive. I guess is the is the best way to put it. Well, yeah, and it's just just what's come out. It's really nice seeing people, I guess, telling jokes that don't have to uh, do that that broad base. Co- like, I guess broad base comedy basically means like yeah. kind of conservative. Yeah, would you call that accurate? Like, I mean, when like you all, from my perspective, have abandoned all that, and I love it, and that yeah, goes for everything. I mean, on we, there. me and Brad have hated comedy for a very long time so like well you know you know what happened like we had a really bad time uh when we tried to do stand-up like we tried to integrate ourselves into the scene and it didn't work out and then i think it just made me hate the whole form you know and want to make a new thing (laughs) and then then street fight happened Yes, yeah, very free form. You you are truly the Jack oh, Kerouac of our age. I think I don't right. know who that guy is that well, but I I mean it sounds like a compliment. I've heard good things. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. I only know it by reputation. <laughs> well, I bet I'm good though, so that's good. Um, so Shocktober coming out on September 30th, Monday. Uh, Means TV. Anything else you want to uh, oh, talk good. about while you're Thank here? Thank you for having me, though. It was fun. 
Uh, where can people find you? Murder Brian on Twitter, and then you know, uh, streetfightradio.com. It's where all the info is. Come see us in Texas. We're going to be in Dallas, Houston, Austin, and Oklahoma City in uh, October. And then we're going to be in Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Diego in mid-November. So if you're in one of those places, Street Fight's going to be there. So come and see us. I will be at the Oklahoma City show and bring in everybody I can. Thanks again for joining us, Brian. Thank you.